Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. Folks, look at this. It's not even a Friday. It's only been a few days, but we got Nick Faribault back with us on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Riding shotgun with me. What's going on, Nick? What's going on, Smitty? It's always good to be back on Steelers Afternoon Drive. Um, I'm hitting cleanup today, obviously. No Allen. No Allen. So. No Allen. I have to be your guide, man. Otherwise, you'd be lost in the wild today. <laughs> I would be lost in the wild. I'd be driving this van around not knowing where I'm going. No GPS. No service. You'd, uh, you'd be one of those guys that ends up in the mountains of West Virginia without any service, and the maps just go out, and you find some random mom-and-pop diner mm-hmm. in some small town. And they have to tell you where to go. Yep. And I think that's exactly how it would play out. So I'm very thankful that you're here with me, even though Faribault Wednesday does not hit, hit nearly as hard as Faribault Friday does. But still great to have you here, Nick. We got a lot of stuff coming at us. Uh, put out for some questions. So we're going to answer those for sure. But definitely some subjects we just want to touch on right away. And I am so confused by this, Nick. Maybe you can shed some light and maybe you're not as confused um, Mike Sullivan's name being out there to interview a couple different spots for their offensive coordinator vacancies, both with the New Orleans Saints as well as the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you make of this? I mean, do you think that he's a legit candidate? And how and how do we get to this point? You know, him being the Steelers quarterback coach and then de facto offensive coordinator for the last few games. Granted, the Steelers offense definitely looked improved within those last few games. He does have some play calling experience in the past. You can do your own research on that and look at what the track record is. I just I don't see it, and I don't know what we're doing here. It's it's interesting. Uh, he's definitely one of the most experienced candidates, I guess you could go after. Um, and he's one of the more available ones. So if you want to interview a Clint Kubiak or anyone from the Lions Tree or anyone from the the Ravens, like a T Martin or someone like that, uh, I get why they maybe go to Sullivan. They're like, okay, we can get this out of the way first. But it's clear interest. I mean, two teams, so there's buzz. I think this is a guy that's definitely thought of more highly in NFL circles than he is publicly. Um, there's a, a few of those guys, and we keep asking why. Like, listen, I mean, the Raiders, for example, I mean, they hired Antonio Pierce, but why are they hiring Tom mm-hmm. Telesco, right? I mean, we're not talking yeah. about a a, a a sound decision-making process so far from what we think in the public view. Sullivan is just one of those guys that has such a history um, and winning history, too, because he worked with Eli Manning and and all those guys and has worked with top quarterbacks before that teams are going to be intrigued by that. Um, It's just he's basically a more seasoned version of Pep Hamilton. Um, You know, Pep Hamilton has worked with all those quarterbacks and has kind of brought them along. Well, so has Sullivan. And he's been an offense coordinator before. So if you want an experienced guy to come in, it makes sense. Listen, he's nothing special. I think we kind of know that. Look at his previous stops and what the stats were there. They weren't mm-hmm. pretty, but they did end pretty well um, this year in Pittsburgh, honestly. Um, I, the good. averages since he and Eddie Faulkner took over will only be like 19.6 points per game, but when Mason Rudolph took over, obviously, much different story. 
um, after that. But still, I think some people will be intrigued by the idea of Sullivan just because of what he did with the ground game um, and how much of that was Eddie Faulkner, how much of that was him. Depends, but the ground game is one of the more modern ground games in the NFL. I keep telling people that, like, the Steelers' run game was actually – like very similar to Sean McVay's run scheme this year, which is good. Like that's a really good thing. I hope they keep that. Um, we talked about that when I was on here last week where we hope they keep that run game continuity. So maybe that's part of it, but probably experience. I don't I don't think he's going to get any of these jobs. I also think sure. there's probably the fact that, you know, his agent and himself are probably doing some work to get his name out there. Because when you were publicly declared not to be a offensive coordinator candidate after being in the play caller – you're probably like, okay, I'm probably done here, right? So I'm sure he's yeah. trying to find a new home too. And some of these could be, you know, where he lands in New Orleans or lands in Las Vegas. Like, for example, with Vegas, they interviewed Zach Robinson. So theoretically, mm-hmm. they could hire Zach Robinson and bring Sullivan in as like the QB coach or the like yeah. QB coach passing coordinator. Like that could also mm-hmm. be something that they're doing. You're talking about the Vegas a little bit more there than the Saints one. I was looking at the Saints one, though, just because he was David Carr's last quarterback coach with the Giants. And then he worked with Derek Carr leading up to the 2014 NFL draft. Derek Carr, currently the New Orleans Saints uh, quarterback, you know, do they stay with that route? I, I mean, I don't know, but there's ties there to the Carr family, and they obviously like him enough that he's worked with both of those guys. Um, so I thought that was an interesting connection there, too. Um, and listen, again, I'm not opposed to him being on his like, I don't I don't think it's out of place for him to be somewhere on a staff. I just don't know about as the offensive coordinator. That's where I have some reservations and questions about his role. Like if you're talking about as a quarterback coach, again, you know, didn't have the most talent to work with in Pittsburgh. Obviously, it's been a job that he's had in the past or as like an offensive assistant, some type of offensive analyst, some type of pass game coordinator. There are roles that I think certainly make sense. I'm just a little bit thrown off by the OC interviews. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. There are those ties um, to there. And again, he's one of those experienced guys that can maybe bring some experience to help out a first time play caller. If that's what they go to. I don't get the mm-hmm. Saints one. Dennis Allen's on the ropes, basically has one more year to prove it, or he's probably out there in yeah. New Orleans. Um, so you probably want a guy that either is a home run swing or a proven guy to come in there. But, hey, I mean, we'll see kind of what happens there. I don't really expect him to land an OC job. But, again, yeah. I could see him landing QB coach, pass game coordinator somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um that, that's sometimes what happens with these jobs, too, where they interview these OC candidates and they end up becoming court pass game coordinators or whatever. So I think that's possible. And I really don't expect him to return to Pittsburgh. So I think that's another thing, too. I think he's definitely put the feelers out there. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we uh, were talking about Jerry Dulac actually put out there about Mike Sullivan right before we started recording. We were talking about this, saying that he wasn't expected back, just could create some awkwardness with whoever the offensive coordinator that's brought in is going to be. And and they might want to hire their own QB coach or bring them along with them anyways, whoever it is that is hired. But the other name that he mentioned in there was Pat Meyer being back. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, We've talked a lot about Pat Meyer. Pat Meyer on here, Alan and I have, just because you're talking about, okay, you took a a tackle in the first round last year in Broderick Jones. Um, Pretty solid season, but I would say, you know, maybe if it's just hitting the rookie wall or whatever it might be, 
actually was better at first and then kind of his play trailed off like he went in the opposite direction and everybody else you just feel like under pat myers tutelage has either probably been the same like james daniels came in pretty polished product same with isaac sayamalo mason cole obviously was better last year than this year dan moore is what he is um but who has really in your mind improved under pat meyer would you be bringing pat meyer back like where are you at with this assuming that this is true and he's going to be back for 2024 from a position coach standpoint, he's not been very good. Um, played Kevin Dotson out of position. I know that was in place before he came, but continued to do that. Um, sure. Broderick Jones is out of position now. At right tackle, should be a left tackle. Um, play them See, at their interesting. spots. Like, play them because at their spots. I, I'm glad that you said that because that could be a point getting your thoughts on this as opposed to Alan's thoughts on it because Alan and I were talking about this and he doesn't think that he needs to play at left tackle i said i would like to see him at least get the shot at doing so and go from there but you know they the steelers could take another tackle in the first round this year certainly no question and maybe that's a guy better suited to play on the left as opposed to the right broderick obviously better run blocker than pass blocker maybe it does make more sense on the right but i would certainly like to see him on the left first and foremost and go from there so you apparently share those thoughts i do too yeah because they're going to be worse when you play them out of position. Like that's the thing. It and it doesn't usually shade away with time. Now there are some guys that are just freaks that can switch sides, like no one's business, and it just happens. That that's that's someone that can do that. I'm not Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, right. Like Tristan Wirfs can do that. Um, we've seen guys like Quentin Nelson play guard, tackle, whatever. But those are. I mean, we're talking elite of the elite. Um, Broderick to me is a guy that noticeably was better at left tackle in training camp was noticeably better at left tackle in practice. And I I mean, I get he struggled early on um, when he played, but I thought his game, his lone game at left tackle against the Ravens was really good. Maybe his best pass pro game of the year. Um, so I look at that and say, you know, this, this is a guy that needs to play at his natural spot. You need to make him as comfortable as possible. When you are trying to develop a raw pass protector, you can't have him learning unnatural movements to him. Like that right spot is unnatural to him. He's moving clunkier. Um, he doesn't look like he has the same kind of confidence in what he does. So, yeah, I get what Alan is saying. Like, okay, I understand he might fit the mold of a right tackle more, but you don't fit a, a you don't fit a guy in a right tackle unless you have to fit a guy to right tackle. And I just don't feel like we're there yet with Broderick Jones. Like, he has to be given an opportunity, in my opinion, to play at left and see what he can do and develop there. I mean, they've done this song and dance before. Kevin Dotson played on the wrong side. Now he goes mm -hmm. to L.A. and he's a star. I mean, and, and uh, someone was like, well, what were they going to do, not play James Daniels there? They could have played Kevin Dotson there from his rookie year. That's where he came in in his rookie year. You remember his rookie year, how good he looked when he played yeah. at his natural position. They could have just kept him there. Like that wasn't. Yeah. I mean, as much as I like James Daniels, he wouldn't have been in the picture. Like you're not going out and getting yeah. a James Daniels in free agency. Like you aren't. You could play James Daniels at center. Like there's different yeah, things, yeah. which is Daniels' natural spot. Now, Daniels is a guy that has played for so long, probably at one spot that he that has kind of become his second position, if you will. But um, naturally, he came out as a center. Like I just think the Steelers are doing a lot of this. Kendrick Green was never a natural center. Like you force yeah. people to do this, and not all of them can do it. Like offensive line, everyone preaches on versatility. I, I get with how much roster space there is, versatility is important, but it's the most overrated trait to me in an offensive lineman. 
I just want a guy that can play at one spot and be good at one spot before I want a guy that needs to play five spots that can be really good at it. Like versatility yeah. and guys that can do it are really important, but not every guy should be asked to play five different spots or even two different spots. Just being a swing right. tackle is much harder than people think. It is not an easy job to be a swing tackle. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the guys that has been able to kind of switch back and forth is Chukes. Like he's pretty yeah, similar left to right. Like, I think he's that type of guy, but not everyone's like that. And so Broderick is clearly struggling more at right tackle than left tackle to me. And so that falls on Pat Meyer back to the original discussion. That's his thing. Now, maybe that was a Mike Tomlin or a a Matt Canada direction. I don't know, but he's the guy that oversaw that on the other side of it though. When I talk about the run game scheme, I know 100% that Pat Meyer is the run game coordinator and they, they were kind of cooking with the run game scheme. I really like sure. their. I, I really like the Steelers' run game scheme at the end of the year with the Shanahan McVay concepts that they had. They really molded what Canada did, which was the which was the inside zone split zone stuff, really well with all the gap schemes, the counters, the crunch, one back power, um, different stuff that they would do there. They would run trap. Um, they would run all these different things with the McVay stuff and the gap schemes that he's run, and then they would fix in some wide zone um, Zorro toss stuff from Shanahan. It was a really good melting pot of like all these three run schemes, and I thought it was really one of the more diverse run schemes in the NFL. So from that point, I think he's doing a great job. But first yeah. and foremost, you got to develop your position. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's why it's such a tough evaluation for those reasons. Like I keep going back and forth. You look at what they were able to do from the second half, going back to the 2022-2023 season on the ground and how they were brought along. And I thought he did a better job as a position coach even that year because I felt like there was more of a lack of talent that year than this year. This year you bring in Isaac Samalo, you get a first round tackle. And I didn't feel like there was necessarily the upgrade overall from that from that group, from that unit, especially in terms of their pass protection. Now, run blocking, I still think, like you said, the, the ground game was cooking. But, you know, I think those guys have to be better in pass pro. And that's why it makes it a tougher evaluation for me, uh, for Pat Meyer, in terms of where I feel like, um, do I want this guy back? Because, again, you could be adding, you're going to add a center probably pretty early, could be adding another tackle. Like, how much high draft capital are you going to give Pat Meyer to work with? uh, And do you want him to be the guy that's in charge of developing those guys? Yeah, I think that's the question. Now they haven't really given him a ton of high draft capital. I mean, no, I'm I'm saying that. assuming that that is like yeah, going assuming forward, they like do center that. and tackle. Yeah, I mean, I know the big thing in Carolina that everyone pointed to was well that group just wasn't very talented, and they were right. Um, but I also think you look at what they have, and they're they're naturally going to address center and tackle. Like it is going to happen. They're yeah. going to sign a tackle or draft a tackle. They're going to sign a center or draft a center, like, or both or whatever. Like those are going to be addressed. So I don't think, I don't, I don't care about giving him more capital. I think they need to fix it, but I also don't think there should be confidence in him to develop them. So I think that's what you're alluding to, which is why I Mm -hmm. wouldn't bring him back personally. I, I, I don't see the development necessary throughout these guys. That makes me think, you know, that guy should be back. He's a great developer of offensive line sound. And I have enough history in his previous mm-hmm. stops to generally back that up. I feel like. 
what about the rest of the staff? I think that's intriguing too, just because like Alan and I have talked, it's like Eddie Faulkner for us, kind of a no brainer as the running back coach. I feel like he is one of the better position coaches that they have on the staff. And maybe he could even get a slight upgrade. Like if you don't retain, if you were not retaining Pat Meyer, maybe he would be the run game coordinator as well, or like promote him to like an assistant coach role or, you know, some give him a promotion on top of just his position title. Um, but everybody else, you know, Frisman Jackson, Alfredo Roberts, like these other guys that are on staff on the offensive staff, where do you fall with those guys? Yeah, I don't see much of a reason to bring them back. I like Eddie coming back. I think that makes sense. We talked about that a little bit on Friday um, where I thought Eddie should come back. But, I mean, listen, the wide receiver group has been fine. Um, you know how DJ and, and George are. They're very talented. Um, mm-hmm. But not a lot outside of them. I think, you know, Calvin's first year as a full-time player was a little bit rockier than I thought it would be. Um at tight end, again, it's been okay um, at times. Um, and then, you know, you look at quarterback, and obviously, why why should Mike Sullivan be back, really? Like, that that's the big thing. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like you should wipe the slate clean. That's why I would bring just back Eddie. Like, that's that's my idea. Re- just redo this staff. Like, it needs changes. It's stagnant. They Everyone has been here for a few years now on this staff. I think mm-hmm. it's time to shake up that spot uh, a little bit more. So I, I would bring back Eddie, but probably let go of everybody else. Yeah. I'm, I'm in full agreement there. Uh, Nick, I, it got my mind going a little bit when the Steelers brought in Zach Robinson for an interview, because I started to wonder, man, are the Steelers going to cast a much wider net here for this position than we originally thought they were going to, because he just seems to be like an out of the box candidate like outside the box, because when you had Mike Tomlin pretty much lay out what they were looking for, he doesn't check every single box that Mike Tomlin kind of laid out there. So in your mind, does this potentially open the door for there to be names on this candidacy list that we don't even think about? Yeah, sure. Could it open the list for Gerard Johnson to come in and get an interview, right? Could it open Mm -hmm. the list T Martin to get an interview, Keenan McCardell, Brian Flurry, like I'm just talking about guys that aren't that are highly rising position coaches that don't have coordinator experience. Like, sure, if they cast that wide net, it can also bring you completely different avenues. Like a Cliff Kingsbury is is wildly different. Yeah. Um, you could even swing all the way back to an Arthur Smith. Like it is crazy. Um, there are so many different avenues. So yeah, I think it's going to be a wide net. I think we're going to see, you know a Zach Robinson, a Clint Kubiak, which makes sense. But then you might also see Cliff Kingsbury, who's just a completely different type of flight, you know, a a type of coach than Mm -hmm. any of those guys. And so I think it's good for them to cast that wide net to see what kind of the league is, where the league is going, what they like. But I do think they're going to kind of hop in this pocket of Shanahan McVay-ish area. Like I think, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be surprised if Daryl Beevil is the hire, for example, um, just because the McDaniel connections and all of that. Um, I also looked, I mean, they could, you know, interview anyone from like Kellen Moore to going all the way back to Brian Greasy. Like we could see Josh McDaniels to, I don't know, think about like Mark Whipple. Like, I don't know. There's like all these different names. They're going to like cast. Oh, very wide net, I would imagine. And why I think they're going to do it is, and this is my kind of guess, is they are going to bring in an experienced quarterbacks coach with the OC. That's just my guess. You know, they hire Zach Robinson, for example. If Mike Tomlin goes out on that leap, 
he's probably going to want an experienced QB coach with him as a backup. I think that's one of the things they really messed up. Like a Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton could make a ton of sense, right? For that, like you could bring him in. You could bring in so many different guys to be a QB coach, pass game coordinator type. Um, I think that is something that they could look at to help that guy out. Um, Because I just think this, you have Eddie who is, Pretty experienced that could fit in as that run game coordinator type, right? You can bring in an mm. experienced O line coach. I don't know, Mike Munchak, if you really want to go out there for that. Um, there's other O line coaches that will be out there that are pretty experienced. Um, so there's a lot that you can do um, to to get around that first time coordinator kind of thing. If you really want to build an experienced staff out, but I'm I'm going to guess they're going to cast a really wide net because they're going to want multiple ideas here, um, where you might have a Zach Robinson. This is just a wild pairing. Um, I don't. It's not. I'm not predicting this is going to happen. I'm just throwing this out there to showcase my example. You could pair Zach Robinson as the OC coach with QB coach, pass game coordinator Cliff Kingsbury. Completely different philosophies, completely different yeah. ideas. But I also think Mike Tomlin has noticed the stagnation on the offensive side of the ball where they didn't evolve to schemes and trends year after year, especially like they have on the defensive side of the ball, which is where they have evolved to each year. And Mike Tom's driving that force probably by his lonesome on the defensive side. So he probably wants something to happen similarly on offense. And we saw that on the ground game where they started to pick up things. Uh, Derek Bell, Derek pointed this out to me and it's kind of wild. So they went to LA right after the bye week. And played the Rams. And if you remember that game, the Rams with Royce Freeman and Darrell Henderson ran up and down the field on them. It was kind of incredible, actually, how much success they had on the ground against them. Well, if you point it out from that time forward and you go with how McVay ran gap schemes, zone schemes, different types of run schemes. From that point on, the Steelers basically mirror McVay. Like, they stole the scheme after playing the Rams. I just think that's kind of funny because it suggests to me something from the top where maybe Mike Tomlin might have gone in there and been like, we should be running this stuff. Like, we should be doing this more. So I think he wants more diverse voices to try and kind of create different schemes, different influences that are all going around the NFL right now to kind of mesh together. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. There's actually, we got some questions here that might also draw us back to OC. Actually, the very first one I'm looking at does, so we might as well get into them now and see where we can take these. Um, With a new OC, do you see them utilizing wide receiver three and tight end two more often? I mean, the answer is, like, who's the OC? You know, I mean, you're talking about a new OC, but who is the new OC? Um, I, I think that what you're saying, talking about, Mike Tomlin finally realizing the stagnation that there's been on the offensive side of the football in the lack of utilization of their weapons. Like we're talking about a team that right now hasn't been able to, there's one football and they haven't been able to support having three wide receivers or utilization of two tight ends uh, with this past game. So uh, I would say TBD because we don't know who the OC is going to be. The the door is certainly open for that to be the case. It's just hard to say without knowing who the guy is. If it's Cliff Kingsbury, you're going to have four wide receivers. Yeah. (laughs) like it's different, right? Yeah. If it's Zach Robinson, um, you're gonna have a lot of different things with that because a McVay scheme runs so much condensed sets, but your slot receiver is a big time power blocker in that scheme, right? So Juan Jennings. <clears throat> well, he's a restricted free agent, so that's not happening. 
I think that's what everyone overlooks with the Jawan Jennings. If I would love that sign for what's worth Jawan Jennings, yeah. but like, guys, he's an RFA. San Francisco yeah, is going understand. to get him back. Uh, it's one more year, I think, till Jawan Jennings is actually going to hit the market. But if he does, by chance, go get him. Absolutely. Um, but there should yeah. be some power slot um, guys that'll be out here uh, in the draft too that are really good blockers. So I don't know. It depends. Do they like condensed formations? Do they like to run two tight end stuff more? Like Arthur Smith, for example, would definitely be a two, a two tight end guy a lot. Um, play action under center. Um, we're talking like Gerard Johnson. Like that's an interesting wrinkle in the the Shanahan scheme because Slowick's a guy that uses a lot of two tight ends. Like it's there. There's iterations of it. Kubiak similar uh, to that. Like there are there are wrinkles here. So it depends. But I think they are more talented at tight end two than they have been in a long time. And theoretically with another off season to bring in one or two receivers to get another growth year from Calvin Austin, they should be more talented wide receiver three and wide receiver four than they have been in a while too. So naturally when the talent level creeps up, you would expect to see uh, that to happen with the more utilization of tight end two and wide receiver three. But like the, I don't know how this OC is going to look at it. The OC could be like, dude, I want Jalen Warren to be running wheel routes and Texas routes and get him more involved in the passing game. And Najee is a pretty good pass catcher. Like that's another thing that I want to see this new OC do is like the Steelers have really two good pass catching backs, and the Canada offense just had like five routes for running backs to run. So I would love to see those two get used more to. Uh, in that offense so what we'll see i don't know if it's going to be more wide receiver three more tight end two the running backs just get more involved who knows the guy could just be loving george pickens all the time and Pickens could get 15 targets a game i have no idea yeah uh certainly being i mean if it's a guy like zach robinson you know you look at uh, again that's not necessarily his offense but the way that they are just scheming touches open for a lot of those receivers at times, like I just, I mean, my mind goes to places when I think about getting George Pickens the football in an offense like that. Um, Brandon and Minka's goat, two separate people had very similar questions. So we'll just tie them together and we're going to free agency. Now, uh, if you were Omar Khan, who would be the number one guy you call as soon as free agency begins? Uh, Minka's goat said, who are some realistic free agent targets? First guy I would call is Legereus Sneed. Legitimately. I would call him. This secondary to me is the is the biggest um, project of free agency because I think the draft is going to be more spent on getting kind of the O-line or a receiver or whatever on the offensive side of the ball figured out. So the secondary is the biggest thing, and they need a game changer. If you want this, this defense to be truly elite, one of one, you know, one of the best in the league, and if you want to see that scoring defense climb not just from like eight but to like two, Sneed can do it. He is a more athletic version of Cam Sutton. He is physical. He is a guy that plays slot, safety, outside. He's long. He lets them play man, so he's a great fit with Joey. Like, he will defend the run. He is such a perfect fit for them. And, again, you could slide him inside to the slot. Like, there's so much you can do with him. And I like to say you could slide him inside of the slot because that gives them the option to really do some crazy things with their draft plan. If they really want to get another corner, like you could double down on corner then in the draft too. Or if you just want to get a pure dog slot with Sneed staying outside and playing as like an interesting kind of sub package guy, like 
you can get a dog in the slot there. Um, like the guy from Michigan, Mike Sandstrom, like that could be a real good pick, like someone like that. Um, so I just think there's a lot of really cool things you can do with a guy like Snead. He would take the secondary from just okay because they have, but they have two really good pieces already in Joey and Minka. Snead with Minka and Joey, man. I mean, that that's going to give everyone in the AFC North trouble, even with Jamar Chase and all of them in the division. So trust me, would love that. Other realistic options. I haven't really looked too deep into the free agency market. Um, I do think receiver is interesting. If Jawan yeah. Jones is the market, I think they're going to love Jawan Jones. I think that one. Yeah, honestly, no. I had, for whatever reason, I've been looking at this list multiple times. Never even saw that R instead of a U by FA. Yeah, it, I think everyone's over. So that hurts. I mean, like, so, I mean, it's a pretty stacked class you t higgins michael Pittman, mike evans hollywood like calvin ridley tyler boyd would be kind of interesting um i think he gabe davis is somewhat interesting but pickens is kind of just the better version of him so i don't know great blocker though so i could see that working out i do like mooney as like this pure speed Mm -hmm. dude tyler boyd is like the possession guy in the slot could really work I mean, there's a few guys. Josh Reynolds is a pretty good blocker, too, um, and wouldn't come too expensive. Oh, Noah Brown would actually be pretty nice. I think that'd be a nice signing. He was he was pretty good for the Texas when he was healthy at receiver. It's a good center free agency class. I remember looking over that about a month ago and really liking some of these centers that are out there. If they really want to do it, you know, Connor Williams uh, to Andre James, um, they're really solid, like Aaron Brewer, too. Um, Biotish, mm. I believe, is also out there. Coleman Shelton mm. has turned himself. Evan Brown has turned himself into a nice player. There's a few good centers out here where if they don't really want to wait until the draft and want to secure a center, I think they could do it. Um, so those are some options. I would also just – I'm just saying that I would probably call corner and safety, like, nearly right away. Yeah. And the safety class, let me check this out. I haven't even looked. At the it's the safety class is good. That's where I would actually be looking here just because I like it a lot more than the draft class at safety. Um, like there, there's so much, there's so many different routes you could go, so many different flavors you could go. I mean, I'm a long time Kyle Duggar stan, so love him. Uh, but I mean, you got, I, I don't know if Winfield Jr. is actually going to hit the market. Geno Stone Gino out Stone. there, obviously. Um, like Cam Curl. Cam Curl also. Um, CJ yeah. Gardner Johnson. Yeah. Um, would be Hometown fun. Hometown Jordan Whitehead. Yeah, Jordan Whitehead would actually be a really good sign for them in that that box kind of rule. I like mm-hmm. CJ Gardner Johnson a lot. Give him a, a slot guy too with it. Um, could really open up. Basically, Gardner Johnson can play the role Minka played this year, and Minka can go back to being robber free safety. I like that idea. Dude, it's a really good safety class. There should really be no reason they can't like they can't address safety. Um, in free agency. Yes. And I mean, if you want to take an upside swing, Jeremy Chin, um, like there's a lot of guys that are going to be out there this year. And again, I think they're not bringing back KZ and Neil. So to me, two signings in free agency, uh, bring back Eric Rowe um, as well. Trent mm-hmm. is there, Trent Thompson. And then you sign another starter. Uh, you could even bring Rell back, I guess, if you really want to. Um, there's a lot that you could do there, but it's a really good safety class. Um, yeah, that could be where they swing maybe more than anyone. They can't get one of these top corners. I have no idea what's going to happen with Snead and Jalen Johnson. 
it seems like Johnson is at least heading yeah. towards extension, but even if he doesn't hit free agency, maybe he gets tagged. Um, sure. I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. Are they going to tag Sneed? Are they going to tag like they already tagged Chris Jones? So like, mm-hmm. uh, no, they didn't tag Jones, did they? I don't think they did. Um, I thought like, they did. Um, like I don't even remember if they franchise tag Chris Jones. I'm looking that up right now. Um, but it would be very expensive for them to tag him this year. Um, like thirty two point four million. So that's a lot of money for a defensive lineman. So I don't know. It, maybe those guys don't. Um, maybe those guys get tagged and they're off the market. But I still think cornerback should be like a big focus. Jerry Sneed makes the most sense to me. But even outside of him, uh, Ronald Darby had a really good year. You have Kendall Fuller out there. Um, <laughs> you could bring back Steven Nelson. <laughs> mm. Oh, here's an idea. Kenny Moore. I love Kenny Moore. Could yeah. be a great slot guy for them if they really wanted mm-hmm. that. Um, like there's just yeah. a few names out there, but I would swing for the fences um at corner, try to create a real lockdown secondary, and then kind of figure it out from there. Uh Nick, we'll get one more here before we get out of here. This is from Lord Megatron's op. Uh, we've answered a question from them before, actually. But uh, do you feel the Steelers are more focused on finding an OC who can help with Kenny as opposed to looking at the offense as a whole? Like, is it more specified towards getting the most out of Kenny? I'm gonna guess it is somewhat um either for Kenny or a young quarterback, because figure the plan's probably to have this OC for multiple years, and this feels like Kenny's like big year so if he doesn't end up working out this year they're probably still going to want that guy for a young quarterback so i'm not sure if i would say it's kenny specific but young quarterback specific and so you want to get the best guy that can develop young quarterbacks or at least a system that brings them on this is why i didn't love the kingsbury report because he just i mean quarter you got to have a dude play quarterback in that scheme or you better be able to run. Like Kyler was rough his first year, but his legs were such a big weapon for them on the ground game. And mm-hmm. obviously they don't have a they don't have a guy that can be Kyler in this uh quarterback room. So like make it easier on a quarterback, someone that um knows how to develop them but can make it easier for them. Or so that's the Shanahan McVay tree. That's why I keep going back to that. Zach Robinson, Clint Kubiak, whoever you want from that tree. I like that because it makes it easier on quarterbacks. Simplified reads, under center play action, condensed sets, get explosive plays. Um, do that because the easier you make it on your quarterback, the better your quarterback feels, the more confident your quarterback is. And sometimes what happens is these quarterbacks start out as game managers that aren't like great players. They're just, you know, they're doing what they need to do. Um, the offense spells it out for them, they execute within the structure of the offense. But once they get more confident and they are feeling themselves a little bit more, it's easier to kind of delve into what they're doing wrong. And then they turn into legitimately good players. Uh, This is what happened with Jared Goff, which, you know, he is, he became, he was a disaster his first year in LA. McVay came in, fixed him a little bit. Obviously they ended up trading him, but he's better than he's ever been now. And he's in year eight in Detroit. He became Mm -hmm. a legitimately great quarterback now because of what they did. Um, it's what's happening with Brock Purdy. Like Brock Purdy last year had some luck go his way. And whatever you think of Brock Purdy right now, he is getting better. Like he is becoming a better quarterback than he was. And so this like Tua, clear example. Tua is so obvious uh, as a guy that was playing at a pretty low level before McDaniel came in. And he has been much better. 
even if your kind of opinion of Tua is lower than what you think it is, he is undeniably better. And so that is what that scheme can do. If you get the right guy in here, you can make a quarterback that has deficiencies, mask them, and then they can get the chance to develop. So that's what I would do. Um, whether that is Kenny and you believe, you know, Kenny is the guy that you want to do that, or you get a young quarterback with the Steelers, where they're going to be picking, they're going to probably get a guy that's going to need that. So I think that's what you need. I, yeah, I mean, you covered all the bases there, in my opinion. That's what this hire is really about. Not not necessarily avoiding the rest of the offense, but like specifically the quarterback position and whatever the offensive coordinator can do specifically for the quarterback position. I won't say Kenny specifically just because they might work they're gonna be working with other quarterbacks whether that is you know somebody down the road if, if kenny doesn't work out this upcoming season or whatever it might be whoever's in the room this upcoming season along with kenny um so yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there nick uh tell the people where they could find you and we'll get out of here you can find me on x twitter at Faribault fb read the stuff at steelersnow.com as well there we go. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments with any questions for Alan and I when we are back uh, tomorrow. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else, Apple, Spotify, wherever that might be. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. You can find me on everything. For Nick Farabaugh and myself, thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. <laughs>